0: Good day and welcome to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis.
1: Welcome to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. This is our second show in our new Friday time slot. I'm much, much happier about that. Uh, we're sponsored by Scission. Visit their website, www.cision.com. So mark your calendars now, Friday 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Radio Network's business channel. Thanks for tuning in. And also, you can write me today while we're on, on the air at Maureen, M-A-U-R-E-E-N, that's the Irish spelling, at PRinsider.biz and we can answer your questions. All right, we've got an incredible lineup today. It's going to be hilarious, I think, because um, I have two talkers. (laughs) I'm hoping. Uh, My first guest is Michael Harrison. He's a radio broadcasting uh, uh, maverick and trade journalist. He's the go-to guy in radio um, who, uh, who launched Talkers Magazine in the summer of 1990. And it has an international readership and and includes key participants in most talk radio station networks in the United States and Canada, plus UK, Ireland, Denmark, Australia, New Zealand, and Hong Kong. Uh, Michael, we're going to get his feedback on talk radio, PR, Web 2.0, pop culture. And today we have a very special guest, my own personal executive producer, John Missell has over 30 years' uh, experience in the music and business and media business, and he was so nice to come on today because all he does is talk radio on the Internet. So, Michael.
2: It's great to be with you, Maureen. John. What a nice introduction. <laughs> Thank and, uh, you. What a nice, uh, what, a, what a great network you have. Uh, very, very exciting. You are a pioneer of the new Internet radio scene that is going to change our lives forever. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know if I'm the pioneer, but I think John might be a pioneer.
2: You're all pioneers. We, we are all pioneers. And, uh, you know, John is doing a great job. Your network is good. You, you bring a, a marvelous perspective to it. What's so beautiful about this type of show and this type of a platform is that you can afford to be specific. You can afford to super serve specific target audiences that are really interested and knowledgeable in your subject and even though you, you mentioned before it's a Friday show and it's an appointment at a certain time, the the podcast aspect of it can exist twenty four seven indefinitely and be heard by anybody in the world at any time.
1: That's right. Now, yeah, that's and a I pretty mean, that's a big thing. That's a, a very big thing.
3: And Mike, if I can just ch- chime in here, and Maureen, again, thanks. Thank you for the gracious introduction and, uh, and having me on the show today. Uh, I could just add in there. Not only is is it just awesome that people can listen any time the show gets rebroadcast 12 hours later, but it always sits there for 24/7 on demand. And isn't that the world where we're going nowadays? Right.
1: I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's amazing because it, you know when I first started doing it, um, I thought, well, who's going to listen to me? <laughs> John was trying to convince me, and then I started getting you know these requests from um, .gov. I got a lot, I've got a lot of .gov, a lot of .edu, uh, a lot of .biz. Um, and um, a lot of PR people that, that, that tune in um, to get information, and they can tune in at any time. But um, I'm, I am finding, though, and I, what I want to discuss this: a lot of people do listen live. Mm-hmm. Most of my listeners listen live. So what, what do you guys think about, why, why well, do you well, personally,
2: think about that? Personally, I think the only reason it should be live is if you have phone calls of people coming, calling in, mm-hmm. and, and you want it to be immediate, or you're talking about breaking news. But the truth is, I bet you, in the long run, more people will listen to the rebroadcasts because that's the tempo of the times. People want to hear something when it's convenient for them as opposed to when it's convenient for the the distributor. Um, So if people are listening live right now, uh, more so than the delayed broadcast or the podcast, that's a nice thing, but ultimately the trend is going to take you in the other direction. Uh, And again, the the only reason a thing should be live uh, is if... Its content demands immediacy. Otherwise, there's no real reason. Television's been doing rebroadcasts for years. As a matter of fact, when, they, when, they, when, when I was a kid and they used to have live drama on television, and then they stopped doing it, everybody said, Oh my gosh, th- th- this, art is, this art form is ruined. It'll never be the same. And yet, we did very nicely with prepackaged productions uh, sitcoms, TV series, and, and, and I think one of the, the greatest examples of a prepackaged production that could last for years is that institution known as the Motion Picture. That's really a podcast when right. you stop and think about it.
3: Let me ask you, though, Mike, don't you think tape delays in, uh, in live shows is, is a lot of what ruined the spontaneousness? If
2: the live show is, is, is uh, based on being live. In other words, if, if the live show says, and you can call us, and then, the, and then you call and it's not there, or this morning President Obama said, and he said it last week, then it destroys it. But if the show is, is a timeless show or a show that is not as perishable, you can actually put more into it by taking the time to produce it properly, promote it properly, and give people all around the country and all around the world the opportunity to hear it and quite often, the liveness of it really is incidental. You, you know someone will say, "Yeah, this, this, isn't it beautiful out today and, and, you know or something like that?" And you don't really need to say that. Um, but that's just that's just one take on it. There, there obviously is a magic to live radio, but I suspect that the magic about live radio is more our own our generation's cultural attachment to it, which I think future generations are not going to have the same cultural attachment. To AM and FM radio, to radio per se, the way we did growing up in the second half of the 20th century.
3: Wow! You, well. you know that's that's that, that's a tremendous uh, a tremendous uh, outlook on it. But when you see, and and I agree with you going further with the next generations coming up. But I I think the majority, I mean, our demographics uh, for our network run from you know from 23 to 60 years old. Uh, you know, male-female, and an awful lot of at work. And have you noticed the trend of people that listen to live at work? I mean, Edison came out with a report that 2008 was 8% up over 2007 that people listened to Internet talk radio over uh, terrestrial radio now. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe within 10 years,
2: uh, it, it pains me to say this because our magazine, Talkers Magazine's primary constituency right now are people that work at AM and FM radio stations, but... I believe that 10 years from now, AM and FM are going to be considered antiquated, and all radio and television and newspapers and magazines of any meaning whatsoever are going to be on the Internet. And, and, and with that, we're not even going to have radio as we know it, because you've got that thing called the, the monitor, the screen, and you've got to put something on it. And that's not to say that radio shows will become television shows. They'll still be radio shows, but they're going to have that extra dimension of video, Mm -hmm. graphics, photography, and text. That's why at Talkers Magazine, we're starting to refer to the platform that you're on right now and these platforms as media stations as opposed to radio stations or television stations. Mm -hmm. They're really all-around media stations.
1: Wow. Wow. So, I mean, you know, you think of all these people losing their jobs in, in traditional media and in radio and print, but, you know, there sounds like there's all kinds of opportunities opening up. The only thing
2: standing in the way of this being the greatest thing that ever happened is it's taking a while for the advertising and the revenue aspect of this business to make the transition from the old AM, FM, UHF, VHF, print, newspaper, and magazine paradigm. It's it, it, There are many, many reason steeped in complex media theory, psychology, sociology, as to why marketing in these new and the new internet vehicles is a little bit trickier and a little bit more difficult. So even though the medium is vastly superior to the old AMF and UHF, VHF and print publication way of doing things, we haven't quite figured out yet how to make the same kind of money, if not more money doing it. So the economy of it right now is lagging behind. However, being a capitalist and an entrepreneur and believing in the American spirit and believing in the human spirit, I think they'll figure it out soon enough, and when that happens, watch out.
3: Well, you, you know, you, you, hit on a, you hit on a very good point. If I could just jump in here for a second, Maureen, and it's something that, that we actually do ourselves here at Voice America and, and something we're even uh, doing more and more so as we, as we go forward to, uh, to in growth and such in the industry uh, is geotargeting for advertisers, and there's so many advertisers right now want to be in that specific niche, and they, that's where they want their dollars to be, and they think they're getting In the internet idiotic.
1: radio niche? Pardon me? You're saying specifically in the internet radio
3: niche. Well, I'm saying specifically advertisers are looking either for a specific niche in the radio, uh, you know, for a specific show, or they're looking for a specific area. Like, I want all my dollars to fly in a, only New York and Chicago, and I don't right. care about west of the United uh-huh, States. Uh-huh. Well, That's
2: why I mentioned at the beginning of, of, of this conversation, Maureen, that what you're doing is exciting because you can target it to specific listeners. Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can super serve people and not worry that they all live in Peoria or they all live in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania or Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You, you, can, you can pick and choose specific, specific industrially oriented uh, topics and get an audience for it. And that type of an audience is very, very likely to spend money on your advertisers because they're interested in the subject. Right. For example, take the Golf Channel on television. Uh-huh. Well, they don't have great ratings. If you, if you look at them and compare them to CNN or, or to ABC TV, they, they hardly have a blip. But if, if you were the manufacturer of golf balls or golf clubs or, or anything having to do with golf, you'd want to spend your money on the Golf Channel because pound for pound, you get more bang for your buck. The people watching that... Are golf enthusiasts, and there are enough of them to make advertising there worthwhile. Well, the you know the, the the example of golf is just one of so many specialized topics that 20th century broadcasting, which is always geared to a mass appeal audience and thus always does a lowest common denominator approach, can't target. And that's that's where the future of advertising on the internet is going to be so lucrative. It's just taking its time getting there. But then again, the economic crisis we're facing today is only speeding that process up. The good news of today's bad economy is that it's forcing the change that was inevitable to happen quicker.
1: Wow. Well, we're going to have to stop and take a break in a minute. But I wanted to uh, – when we come back, I want to talk more about where you think the future of the advertising dollars are uh, in, in, on, online and uh, talk more about talk radio. Uh, you've been listening to my guest, Michael Harrison of Talkers Magazine, and John Nissel of Voice America. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. This is Maureen Kettis from PR Insider. Mm-hmm.
5: 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. radio to thrive by communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.c
1: Welcome back to PR Insider. We are sponsored by Cision. Visit them at their website us.cision.com. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. We've been talking with Michael Harrison of Talkers Magazine and John Missel of Voice America. My executive producer, so he's on the inside of what's going on today. But I wanted to talk. We were talking about advertising dollars and 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 the new, the wave of the future in the in the media station, as Michael calls it, rather than a radio station. What do you think are going to be some trends that we're going to see from both of you? Because, John, I know you deal with advertisers a lot, too. What are going to be some trends of the way companies can advertise or the, uh, or the way we're going to be seeing advertising? From oh,
2: well, well, I'll jump in on this one first because it ties to what we said before. Thanks, on the Internet, on a media station such as Voice America or Talkers Magazine, we have one called Podjockey dot com. Mm-hmm. You can have a five minute show that contains a two hour commercial and still have it be a five minute show. You can actually bend space and time. Very Einsteinian. How does
1: I have a question about that? Because we were just talking about sort of, you know, the demographic appealing to your your core group and in, in previous shows we've talked about the authenticity as being the, the, the what sells on the internet, people smell advertising, right? My mm-hmm. so well, people
2: does, are getting tired of advertising. But how, would it, how
1: does a show that's, I an mean, advertisement that's disguised as a show, how does that...
2: Well, well that, interestingly enough, there's, just as there's a fine line in journalism between journalism and entertainment, there's a very fine line between advertising and, and information, and every major company is going to become its own ad agency and have consultants help them do it in terms of the media. You will have media stations that every major company will have their own station with endless programming giving information about their product. The middleman will be gone. People will buy directly from manufacturers, and, they, and and Google is turning everybody into a research freak. Everybody is a researcher now. You want to buy a car? You're not going to go driving around to the local uh, car dealership and try to make a deal and hope that it's cheaper than the guy 25 miles away. You're going to go to the web, and you're going to right. go to, to search engines, and you're going to go to Toyota, and you're going to go to General Motors, and they're going to tell you about their cars, and they're going to tell you how much it is and where it is, and and everybody, think about your life in, in just the day-to-day life, constantly Googling, constantly researching, so the the notion of... Uh, influencing people, which is really what public relations and advertising are all about. It's influencing people. There's a whole new culture in, in, in how it's going to be done, and the Internet is, is really the catalyst changing it that way. So when I said you can have a five-minute show with a two-hour commercial, all you do on your five-minute show is say it's being brought to you by Jones Plumbing Supplies. Check it out, jones.com. Boom. And... Here you're doing a show about plumbing or you're doing a show about home improvement. The person listening to it will want to know about that product. They'll go there and voila, a whole world of video, audio, graphics, information, charts, statistics opens up to them and they don't have to sit and listen through a 60-second commercial.
1: Right. I had one of the guests say, you know, you stop thinking about selling and, and nobody cares about your product. What they care about is the emotion or the information or the content that you're gonna be giving them. So if you can come from a sale, you know, from an advertiser, you can come from that angle of, what can I give my potential buyer? Or you know, what emotional cord can I strike in my potential buyer? And I think it's a real shift in how you have to think if you, are, if you want to continue in advertising. Oh, yeah. Make it well, in the future of the market.
2: The internet threatens to put Madison Avenue out of business. But Madison Avenue has to shift now to this kind of thinking or the idea of creating commercials. Uh, they're going to have to just become filmmakers. Because even now, when you look at traditional um, terrestrial broadcasting, AMFM, UHF, and VHF broadcasting, most of the commercials now are are done not to be informational, but rather to keep you from tuning out. To, people are so prone to tune commercials out that... Think about commercials. They're bizarre. They're funny. They're entertaining. Very seldom do they talk about the product. They'll do some type of a weird, funny, goofy scenario, and then at the end you find out who the sponsor was. Unfortunately, most people don't remember who the sponsor was. They just remember the scenario.
3: Right, right. Yeah. And the perfect example of that is, uh, is Super Bowl Sunday's. And the commercials and and the bang for your dollar that you get out of that those those are little mini movies with a flash on you know a uh, a banner that says who the company was how entertaining how entertaining was it to get everybody to talk about it tomorrow
1: well john what are you what are you doing at voice America because I, I don't even know it's my network but I, but what are, what are you doing differently to get? Advertisers now, or to get sponsors. Or well, uh,
3: what you're showing, what, what you're showing, advertisers and sponsors is, and, and it's exactly what Michael was talking about. You're showing, you're, you have a built-in audience. If, if it's Joe the plumber, you have a built-in, uh, with, without using a political plumber, uh, you have Joe uh, sitting there listening to a plumbing show. And and he's right there. He has his computer. He can look at, at look at this site. He can find all of his needs. He can find his prices. He can see if they suit him, uh, and he can go do it when he wants to do it at that t- at his own time frame. I mean, here at the network, there, there are so many different ways. And he's absolutely right. Uh, where you know we don't try to do a whole show and and have a, a load of commercials into the show. You, you want it to be there to touch on something. You want it, the music to be right. You want it to be able to catch somebody's attention, and you want it to know what the, those people do and how the show is going to relate to it. So now you're a knowledgeable person because you're a talk show host on this subject, and you're going to point somebody in that direction. And if they're your sponsor and you're knowledgeable about the subject, it obviously leads in, lends even more credibility to that, to that product, to that particular sponsor.
1: Wow. All right, so I want to talk about um, PR for a little bit, because we are a PR-based show. Um, Michael, do you, do you, how do you interact with publicists, do, or do you, or how, how does it work in your with your magazine? Or well, your-
2: talk radio uh, and talk television are, are two of the most popular and potent vehicles for free publicity mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a trade magazine, we, we interact with publicists, we interact with people that are uh, guests, we, inter- we interact with uh, companies that have causes and use talk radio as their primary uh, uh, medium to get their message across. We deal extensively with publicists, and uh, I consider what we do to be an arm of the public relations world. Mm-hmm. A trade magazine is a vehicle of public relations. Talk radio is, is one of the hottest PR
3: media in all of media.
1: Right. Um- and how do you feel that, I mean, I know how, in, in my mind how I feel that the, um, the whole business of PR has changed and shifted. But how do, you, how do you see it?
2: The business of PR has got to plug directly into the mode of media that is becoming popular. PR and media go together. You, uh, and everybody has the opportunity now to be their own PR person. Mm-hmm. They're their own publisher. There can be, what we used to call Vanity Press, yeah. I prefer now to call independent publishing.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, every rock band out there is better off being their own record company than making a deal with one right. of these dinosaurs that don't know how to sell music any longer. Uh, independence is the key. and Publicists have to be media consultants to help their clients get the message out to these target audiences in a way that the target audience can understand and via vehicles that the target audience will be most prone to be using, which goes back to everything we've talked about before. Uh, It's very similar to being in the advertising agency business. But I, I think that with the opening up of all of these media stations and all of these hundreds and thousands of new talk shows that are gonna be springing up on the internet, uh, sort of the uh, the grandchildren of all the great talk shows that have been on AM radio for the past 25 years. Uh, pu- the publicity business has got a bonanza. Look at all of those targets, all hungry for guests.
4: Right. Uh,
2: you, you book guests on your show. I'm a guest on your show. Right. Well, imagine now if there are 20 or 30 more talk shows on the air or on the Internet than there were before. Publicists will have a field day.
1: Right. Right, and I think, you know, that's, you have to be plugged in if you're doing stuff the old way. Um, if, you, if you're not getting in touch with us all the social media stuff, you're just out of the loop.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Although it's not bad getting your book plugged on Oprah still. I mean, right. the old no, media is not dead yet either. Right. We're no, still, I mean, we're still in that transition. Media, Please, I, mean, I don't I mean, want anybody to think that I'm saying, you know, it's not good to be on the big shows. But you can get around the big shows by being on all the little shows.
1: Right, and I think, um, you know, one... You know, you can be on one blog. Uh, your product or your your client can be on one blog. It can get picked up, and then millions of people see it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: you know, it can it can actually way outdo traditional media. However, traditional media still has an incredible cachet and a prestige that I notice. That like, I mean, you know, you may you may get on TimeMagazine.com. Um, but if you get in the print Time magazine, mm-hmm. I think people still need something tangible they can touch and frame and hang up in their office and show their grandma. I don't know <laughs> if it still has value. But well, they'll maybe, show their maybe grandma, I'm but they won't my show age their grandkids
2: because their grandkids won't be impressed. Their grandma will be impressed.
1: The grandma will be impressed? You yeah, don't the think grandma be uh, will be impressed. Uh, the,
2: the day will come when just being written about on Time.com will be enough. You think again this goes back to what I said before about we are still very hung up in our cultural roots yeah. but we're getting older new generations are growing up and our particular sensibilities are going to eventually fade into the uh, into the past I
1: think, you see I'm not sure I agree with you on that I think there's still always going to be a value to something you can hold in your hand in a face-to-face meeting with person so I and something you know so I, I still think there's going to be a value to paper? I think there's going to be, it's going to be a smaller market, but, but, but more prestigious.
2: I don't think it'll be paper. I think that it'll be a little electronic device that'll have the same... Um, hmm. this, you'll read Time Magazine on something that will feel like paper, wow. but the headline is going to change while you're reading it.
1: It's wow. <laughs> right, going to talk it's more going about be updating itself. Break.
2: And and it, it might be as thin as a piece of paper, and you might even be able to fold it up, scrunch it up, and put it in your pocket. And then you, you pull it out while you're standing on the bus or even in the subway the or the train.
1: On. So we have to take a break, Michael. So mm-hmm. we'll take we'll take another break right now. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. We're on PR Insider, sponsored by Cision, and we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. <laughs>
5: communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks the company's Scission Point web platform integrates the world class Bacon's media database with global media monitoring and analysis services it gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. that's us.c C-I-S-I-O-N dot com.
1: Welcome back again to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kedis, and we are sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. And my guest, Michael Harrison, was asking me during the break, what is Cision? And I said, it's formerly Bacon's. He said, oh, yes, of course I know them. And um, my other guest, John Missel, who is my executive producer, I have to declare that. Um, So uh, we're here talking about, uh, you know, new media and the radio. Um, but um, during break, and I wouldn't let them really talk about it because I wanted to save it for the show, but we were talking about the Kindle, which is the handheld uh, book, electronic book. Um, I don't know if, if, if our listeners have seen it, but it's, it's pretty awesome. But now we sort of think the new wave is going to be that magazines are going to be on there. So what is that going to do to advertising and media as you see it, Michael, if you want.
2: Well, it, it kills the the paradigm of, of, of ads sitting on pages that you turn and glance at and peruse forward, backward, upside down, and whatever. Uh, the the situation we were discussing earlier about how it's difficult to translate advertising from the old media, meaning AM and FM radio or printed pages, to the new media. And devices such as the Kindle are going to do what we were talking about before the break, uh, kind of make paper obsolete, and you'll have one one publication, that'll be every publication, and the advertising on it is going to be basically like internet advertising. Somebody is gonna design, though, a method of having it be as convenient or psychologically uh, compatible and pleasing as it was back when you were reading a book or reading a magazine, turning a page, and then seeing a big Buick commercial, uh, or, or advertisement, rather. Uh, this is the challenge ahead, but there's nothing, there's, nothing can stop this. It, it's not like it's not going to go forward. We're going to have to figure out a way to make it work, but we cannot stop it from going forward. Mike, let me ask you a question.
3: Uh, I do believe you said you have one of the new Kindles?
2: Yeah, I do. And okay. I haven't yet. Don't you think won- the
3: advertising dollars would be now with the publishers of the books and when they're when they're uh, e-booking them? Now in the front of your book, instead of your or alongside your acknowledgments and stuff, this is where your advertising dollar is going to go. It's going to be that page right there that says Ford and stick out to you before you can turn the next page in your Kindle. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. I wonder if well, the publishers will have any any power whatsoever because I think people will start publishing. Um, do you know this? There's a company called Pandora, and they do music uh, choices for people. Do you know? Do you know about this? Of course. Um, so what's happened there is they've done a mathematical some kind of equation where you put you you know they've taken all of music and then and it and it goes into taste um, it goes into a mathematical pattern of how your taste is so it kind of finds you, the demographic for the listener of this particular music whatever you choose um, it it finds the kind of music that you like if you like a certain song another song will come up but what's happened is people unknown musicians are putting their music up on Pandora and So you can suddenly get an audience, um, you know, from people who like your music, even if you're not, so you're self-publishing yet again. Mm
2: -hmm. And I think that can
1: happen when the book market is in the magazine market.
2: What What an amazing new era we're entering.
1: I mean, it's just, if you start thinking about it, it's just going to be um endless
2: possibilities
1: endless possibilities mm. so-
2: and 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 it will become culturally understood as the years go by we're in the early stages of the new century think back to the 20th century around 1909 uh, the things that were just starting to develop. How could they possibly have imagined in 1909 that what was going on then was going to lead to super highways, jet airplanes, trips to the moon, uh, big motion picture screens in color with stereo, AM and FM radio, television? It was all happening back then, but it wasn't yet developed. And we consider this to be, you know, the roots of our culture. This is our heritage. It didn't exist 100 years ago. Right. So we're really at that stage again, the turn of the century, and we're not going back.
3: We're going forward.
1: Wow.
3: And really look how far we've only come in just the last 20 years. Right.
1: I mean, for my business, I I see it changing, I mean, monthly. It's like literally every month, every other month, there is something going on that, you know, I have to keep up with, and it's, 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 it's hard. The PR business, advertising business, it's all... Massively changed, I think. So I just got a question from a listener. It's kind of a bizarre one, but Michael, what's a typical day for you? Um,
2: that was the question. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Do you have a typical? Fighting the day? clock. Pardon?
2: A typical day for me is fighting the clock. Oh. I, I I find the clock moves faster and faster and faster <laughs> as I get older, and I keep being busy. I um, I read. Uh, everything I possibly can. I am surrounded by uh, the people that work within my company and all of our associates with you know concentric circles that goes go out into a number of communities, and I'm constantly on the phone having conversations. I'm constantly on email talking to people. I do approximately four or five interviews like like we're doing now, although this one's a long one, um, either on uh, radio television or for the press every day. And I travel a lot because we have uh, offices in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, New York City, and Washington D.C. So I'm I'm usually in transition from one place to another. But I would spend I, I would say most of my day is spent talking to people.
1: And your Talkers Magazine. Yes, yeah, nice, that, that makes that funny. sense. Tell us, but I think I think what they meant was, what what do you do at Talkers Magazine, and uh, maybe you can also tell us about the Heavy Hundred.
2: Talkers Magazine is a trade magazine that, that covers um, the aspect of radio and television that we call talk shows. Mm-hmm. And and that extends now to satellite radio and certainly to the Internet. We are the talk show trade publication. And because talk shows have become so big on radio, we've actually become one of, if not the leading, radio trade magazines. But when I say trade, we're not, we're not designed for listeners. We're designed for people who are in the business of of this business so we cover the news the events the views the trends uh, the happenings uh, the future of what you consider to be talk radio and cable news talk television uh, satellite uh, broadcasting podcasting has become big and I am personally fascinated by and very very bullish on the future of the media station which is the term that we use for what you're doing here?
1: Right, right. Wow. So, John, are you ready with uh, graphic artists and video? Uh, we, and, uh, <laughs> I know, uh, I know. The nice Bush thing about our network is we
3: are a full online media production company, and and we already do webinars. We already do. Uh, pay-per-views. We already do web hosting and design. We already have a graphics department, an audio department. You know, voiceover people. We we are not a podcast station. We are, in a, are a broadcast network, or as Michael likes to say, a media, a full media service. So we are ready with we are ready with that. We are doing some of that. We we do have some of it in the works. So, tell,
1: tell tell us about the. Um, you have a new. Uh, don't you have a new studio that has. Video and well, we
3: have two new studios actually. We just moved about ten blocks into into two beautiful new studios. So we we have everything capable on site along with obviously very talented engineers that, that have the ability to go off site or to do remote location shows and such. We also have a new uh video channel that's gonna be coming soon. It's gonna be it's gonna be called the Power Up Channel. It's uh gonna handle any type of vehicle that has to do with speed. You'll have airplanes, you'll have uh um Cars. You'll have speedboats, uh, motorboats. Uh, hopefully, um, as the finishing touches get be are being put on that, that should be launching in February.
1: Wow, wow. So, is there is there going to be a market for audio only? Because I mean, what about all these poor DJs that you know maybe aren't such lookers, or they, they don't have the face they have a face for radio? Well, first of all, I
2: um, mean, <laughs> you ask a good question, and, and it's a two part answer. Okay. Uh, just because you have a video component doesn't mean you're doing a television show. I mean, in your case, you're, you're a good-looking woman. It'd be nice to see what you look like. People want to see that. But... Sometimes not seeing it's easy for
1: you to time. say I, that means I have to get up earlier, shower, have my hair done, and makeup, and <laughs> no, no, it's like like a TV show.
2: But, but there's <laughs> nothing wrong with a listener being able to see what you look like just
1: a picture. Yeah, yeah, I know.
2: while while you're talking, uh-huh. or or while you're talking to me, flashing on the cover of the latest Talkers Magazine, or or any number of of possibilities. Uh, I do not think it's a great idea to stick a camera in a radio show studio and say, hey, you could see the, the talk show hosts while they're on the air and then you see them picking their nose because they forget the camera's on them during the break or saying something stupid to the guest uh, not thinking they're on. I, I think that's bad television. Mm-hmm. So I'm not advocating that talk radio shows, or radio shows become television shows. They could still be radio shows, but they can have a visual component. Now this is kind of abstract, and some people just don't get that, uh, but I, I hope I'm as clear as I could possibly be with that.
3: Michael, if I could elaborate just on that for a second. It's something, we, we have a new platform of uh, that we're beta testing at this moment, and it's actually something that's gonna be available to, to our hosts uh, in, the, in the near future is we have a patented video player along with our audio player. And on our host's home pages there is gonna be a little intro uh, on there if a host so chooses to to have it on there to allow them to talk or to take 30 seconds and explain their show to uh, you know to an audience. So that audience, you're hammer. absolutely right. Somebody has that visit, uh, vision of that person. That's why I always encourage that people put their, um, you know, people put
1: their, picture.
3: uh, their pictures on their banners. You're yeah. absolutely right. I yeah, think, Michael, I think we didn't get of your picture in time to put it
1: on the banner today.
3: Uh, the to again. I'm sorry, I didn't
2: hear you.
1: I said we didn't get your picture in time to put it on the banner for today's show. We wanted well,
2: to you. you did your listeners a favor. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we have only about 30 seconds, so we have to take another break. So I think we'll we'll stop we'll stop on an up note, right? As uh, George from Seinfeld always says, stop when they're laughing. Uh, This is your host, Maureen Kettis. You've been listening to PR Insider. We are sponsored by Cision, and um, we've been talking with my guests, John Missile and Michael Harrison, and we will be back uh, in a moment for our third segment.
5: Voice America Network is proud to present Clarissa Burt Talks, talk radio for men and women. Clarissa invites you to join conversations from discovering the beauty of living life to its fullest or the beauty of how one chooses to contribute and give back to society and everything in between. Join Clarissa as every week she talks with illustrious guests about their personal journeys, lifestyles, tips, and stories in her exploration of the beauty in life. Broadcasting live every Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Clarissa Burt takes it to the airwaves right here on the Voice America channel. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N
0: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
1: Welcome back again to PR Insiders. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We are sponsored by Cision, as you know. If you missed any of today's show, go to prinsider.biz, and we do provide a link to my host page on Voice America's Business uh, Channel site. Uh, And there you can check out archived episodes. And Michael says, our guest Michael Harrison of um, Talkers Magazine says that our episode today should last for months. It's so informative. We're on demand 24 7. So I'm, I'm, uh, we're here with Michael Harrison and also John Missel, executive producer of Voice America. Um, and um, we wanted to t- talk a little bit about um, the press release. I had a guest on a while ago that said the, f- the future of the press release is zero. It's going it's to be uh, you know, outdated. Um, I think the press release is not going to be outdated. My personal opinion is it's going to be much shorter and more succinct and more like a blog. Well, how do you feel about it?
2: I think that uh, the press release will always be around. It's a very, very useful tool, and uh, it, it, it's very helpful. It's a form of information about information. So the only thing that's going to change about the press release is it's going to change, but it's not outdated. It's not going to go away. The I idea think. of mailing a press release on paper and sending it to thousands of different companies and putting postage stamps on it and all that, that day is coming to an end rapidly. And but the, the fax, electronic fax press release, it's a great tool.
1: Yes, and I, but I think, and I'm think, i finding in, in my style, it's just sort of happening because I'm not sure if it's coming from me or from the fact that people have a shorter attention span now, but it has to be much more succinct. You have to get the, um, the message in the, in the headline. I spend more time on the headline than I do on the entire release.
2: You have to understand what it is that the target you're sending it to is looking for. And then in that headline, you have to show them that this is what you want as opposed to what I want. And I'm always advising people who want to be guests to follow the news and then tie your particular subject into what the hosts are talking about or the newspapers are writing about. Try to find that hook into what's going on as opposed to presenting yourself as an isolated academic entity that doesn't connect to the flow of conversation that's currently popular.
1: Right, right. And the release has to be linked in to which brings me to my next point, but the release has to be be linked into you know the client's Twitter or blog or website it has to be it has to be in all involved in the new media um, Can you compare sort of blogging twittering to talk radio? What do you think the
2: I think that uh, b- b- comparing blogging and twittering to talk radio is like comparing. A, a conference call, or the old party lines we used to have in the old days, to talk radio. Talk radio is a show that's meant to be for a large audience. It, 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 it it's mass media. It's show business. It's us and them. If it becomes too interactive, it either becomes bad talk radio, chaotic, or just a small chat room. Now, there are some Internet sites that call themselves talk radio, but they really are nothing more than hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of private chat rooms that are being conducted in the form of talk shows. So that's like saying the person who's playing the violin in front of Lincoln Center is doing a Lincoln Center performance. They're, they're, they're not. They're doing a sidewalk performance.
1: And I love that analogy.
2: So, so it's form and content, and it, goes all, it all goes back to Marshall McLuhan. So uh, the answer is if it gets too small and it gets too specific and it gets too personal, it might be Twittering, it might be uh, a chat room, it might be telephone, but it's not a talk show.
1: So then, you know, that sort of is a little different from what we were talking about earlier. So you're saying talk radio will always have a bigger audience, even though this, the demographic is, is more specific than it used to
2: be. Well, I mean, two people Twittering to each other, that's a form of a talk show. One could say I'm the host. One could I can call you when the show is over, and I'll be the host, and you'll be the guest, and John could listen in. We did a talk show, but it's not really a talk show, we could it's, it's, we could sit around in, in, in our living room and do and play charades and call it improvisational theater, but it's not Broadway.
3: <laughs> those are just absolutely excellent analogies. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they truly are. They, they, I mean, I cool yeah, had that, that was great. Uh, <laughs> I'm speechless. I could not have said that better. <laughs>
1: um, so, tell me about some of these hosts. Um, do you get? Do you find? Um, with sort of the new media that you're gonna get these hosts that are way too opinionated. Um is that gonna be a problem? We're we gonna have excuse I don't me, we're we gonna it have can ever
2: be too opinionated in America twenty <laughs> first <laughs> century. I, I mean out, now, now you're talking about a cultural aspect of our times. Outrage sells and fame pays off even if it's infamy. We reward our scoundrels. We reward our criminals. Uh if they could spell your name, you know, it's okay. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, one of the tenets of professional talk radio that is popular all across the board is that if you don't have a take and you don't have a point of view, you're wishy-washy, vanilla, and boring. Uh, I'm sometimes distressed by that because sometimes I think the truth lies within the shades of gray, and sometimes I think that the, the truth lies in complex discussion because not everything is simple. However, that being said, what seems to sell is simplicity, simplicity strong opinion, black-and-white thinking, and confrontation. And if you look at history, that's always been the case.
1: Wow. Uh, have you ever had to deal with, uh, you know, uh, persnickety celebrity personalities in your business?
2: Uh, I, I deal with celebrities all the time.
1: Oh, share an anecdote. My listeners love to hear this. Well, I
2: I I deal with uh, I deal with all the talk show hosts who are, who are mm-hmm. very famous and, and very big.
1: Well tell us about Howard Stern. Come on, we want to know.
2: Howard Stern. Howard Stern is very private. Howard Stern uh, is somebody that I've only spoken to a couple of times. He does not uh, make himself readily available to the trade publications and to the media unless it is completely to his advantage unless it's by his terms. Howard Stern is so successful that even now that he's no longer playing to as big an audience as as he did before because he's on satellite radio and satellite radio is having its problems, I have reporters calling me all the time saying, is Howard Stern no longer important? I'm doing a story about it. (laughs) I say he's more important than ever. If the New York Times or the Daily News or... You know, People magazine are doing a story about him not being important. (laughs) I mean, so so Stern is a phenomenon. But Rush Limbaugh once said to me during his ascent, he's a very insecure man in some ways. I was at a National Association of Broadcasters convention uh, uh, radio show. And he and I were on a panel together, and it was 1992, so it was the early stages of his career. And when it was over, we were standing in the lobby together chatting, and he said to me, Michael, how come people don't like me? I'll never forget that. It it pained him. That people were attacking him, and, and,
1: and, and didn't, he had no idea why.
2: Yeah, why, why, why is it? Why don't people? Because because people in the, in, the, in those days were saying he's hateful. Hate, well, they still are saying it, but now he's an institution. But in the early days, and I used to have to go out there and defend him.
1: Oh wow! Well, you know? that's a great story. Well, I hate to do this, but you know we're out of time for today's <laughs> show. I mean, I could be like I could talk to you guys forever. Well, that's good. Um, I want to thank my sponsor, Cision. I want to thank my music composer, Doran Roberts-Kettis. You can find him at doranrk at yahoo.com. And my producer, John Missel, who joined us today. Thank you, John, for Thanks your for insight. Having me. Don't forget to go to prinsider.biz to sign up for our weekly reminders and email your questions and comments. Don't worry, we won't uh, crowd your inbox. Uh, we're live every Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific. This is your host, Maureen Tedes. Have a great week. Next week's show, I've got Mary Lou Henner talking about marketing in the fitness health business. Uh, Don't forget to relate to your public, whoever they may be.
0: Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision. Helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Tuesday at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. And have a great week.